0: Hey everybody! Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles podcast. Please like, follow,
1: and subscribe. The Knuckles was there, and all the boys were there, and they're having a few beers, having a good time, and somebody made a hole in the bathroom, <laughs> uh, kicked the wall or something. Nice. So my father, who's like five foot five, going around to all these big tough guys. <laughs> giving them shit going uh-huh. did you did you make a hole in my uh <laughs> who would my kick bathroom? him a wall did you did you do that and then he'd go to he'd go to gordon he's going to the tough guys i go dad did, did they didn't then Gort goes i i did it mr momesso i had too much to drink <laughs> i'm sorry And it was kind of funny watching my dad giving it to all the tough guys when i
0: stepped on the ice i never backed down and i never stayed down And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going down. Alive. All right, Momo, welcome uh, to the Raw Knuckles podcast, buddy. Good to have you. Um, love having my former teammates. Tim, when I told Tim, I texted him, I said, hey, we're having Sergio Momesso. He said, who is that? Your landscaper? Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. I said, no, actually, it was a former teammate. Actually, I can tell you a funny
1: story when I was in New York about that because I'm Italian. I was playing for the Rangers, as you know, and I was living up in Rye, and I was in a a townhouse complex, and I was actually outside working in the garden, and the neighbor came over and said, can you come over here? Because I had a cut-off T-shirt, like, you know, the white Italian shirt there. And uh, it was in the springtime, and – she goes, Can you fix this thing over there on this side? And I said, uh, I started to laugh. I felt bad. It was an older lady. And I said, mm-hmm. Ma'am, I, I actually, I'm your neighbor. I, I actually live here. I actually own one of these condos, <laughs> uh, townhouses. Uh, she didn't know I played for the Rangers. She was so cute. Oh,
0: that's funny.
1: <laughs> so you
0: thought you might have had a, a good second career there, landscaping. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mo, I, geez, I want to go back. I, I remember you drafted. Um, in 83 and, you know, played in Chewin again, a great junior career. And Serge had taken over as GM and he wanted to bring a lot of uh, Quebec kids. He wanted to draft kids from the Quebec League and certainly had two years there, 83 and 84. You, um, Claude Lemieux, Patrick Roy, um, Steph, Riche. I mean, he, he drafted some great young players. And you were part of that crop. I remember you coming in and and getting off to a, a, a great start. Your first 24 games, you had 15 points, eight goals. And you're playing with McPhee and Skridland. And I want to start here because it just it's so important to your whole story is that very beginning in the NHL. And you're a rookie. You come in. You're a local kid, grow up in Montreal, and then all of a sudden we go to Boston and you end up getting tied up with Michael Telvin, you end up getting he knee on knee and you tear your ACL. How how listen, I was there, I know, but really how bummed out were you um, when that happened and, and, and what'd you go through on a personal
1: level? Yeah uh yeah I remember that like you'll never forget it right it was uh I finally make the big club I make it at 20 years old with all those guys that you're talking about we all had great junior careers and uh um I remember they wanted to draft you know big guys for that Adams division right so work in the corners get in front of the net and and that was part of it and, and um and I got to play right off the bat because the team was going in a transition as you know uh Getting rid of some older guys, and then we were like the young legs, uh, I guess, to, to help uh, to help the team. And we had, you know, we had a tough start uh, because of all the young guys, kind of like the Canadians of today, where they have so many good young players. It's going to take some time, but we had great veterans, and like yourself, and uh, obviously uh, Bob Ganey and uh, Larry Robinson, and and the whole list goes on and on. But yeah, uh, I was playing. Um, a lot of minutes, I was playing on the second power play. I'm 20 years old, and I was like, this is great. I have 15 points in 24 games. And um, I remember one night, I just couldn't believe it. I, I was still living at my parents' house at NDG in NDG in the city. I used to drive to the forum. It was like five minutes away. And I'm actually playing with these guys that I used to watch on TV two years earlier when I was think. 17. 18. Before I went to junior, um, I'm watching these... you know, star players on TV and it is surreal to be on that ice. And then I'd come back and my neighbors were saying the same thing. I can't believe I was just watching on TV. You're actually my neighbor. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm kind of out of it myself. You know, like it was just going too good as they say. And then in Boston, when I got hurt, um, I mean, I felt pain right away. I knew I was in trouble. It's not a normal injury. Uh, you feel it right away when uh, something breaks, I knew something broke and uh it was my ligaments and um once i went to the uh to the hotel and they flew me back to montreal the next day and i flew back with Serge of art i remember that went right to the hospital and i was oh man they, they couldn't give me enough uh for the pain like 292s or you know whatever yeah. pills they give you but i couldn't wait to get into the hospital so they can give me something stronger that's how much it hurt obviously. And then they said, well, we're going to go in. We're going to see what it is. And then that was a weird moment because you go in, um, into surgery and you don't know when you come out what the situation is. And when I woke up the next day, I guess I was on this machine that kept my knee moving because they didn't want it to tighten it up. Yeah, And then, uh, the doctor told me like, we did this, we put artificial leg, Dr. Lenzner, if you recall, they put yep. artificial uh, ligaments, Gore-Tex fiber that kind of crossed uh, to tie up between the my uh, ligaments. To so reconnect new, them. New ligaments, really. Um, they were torn so far apart. So done for the year. Uh, don't know if I'm going to be... Uh, Playing again at, at 20 years old, you finally wow. make it, and then uh, then you don't know if you're going to play again. So it, it was tough. It was tough as as it went on to to get back the rehab. But I I put my head to it. I said no, I I have to I have to make it back. And, and um, you know I didn't make it back for the run in the playoffs. And uh, I, w- I felt I was ready um, once it once the playoffs came because this happened December fourth. I'll never forget that. Um, so by the time the playoffs came around, uh, I was skating with everybody and I was, uh, you know, the extra, the black aces, like you say, but yeah. there's no way I was going to play. I mean, everybody was, uh, you guys were cruising and, and winning round after round and then winning the Stanley Cup. But I got to, I got the experience being around everybody. And But, uh, you know, then uh, I had to kind of make the team again. The, the year after, I had to prove that I could still uh, – My knee could handle playing, uh, you know, again in the NHL.
2: Did you have any other injuries up to this point? Was this, like, your first ever, like, real injury?
1: Yeah, that was my first major injury. I don't don't think in junior I even had any shoulder uh, issues or or anything else like that, no. I played all the games uh, pretty much, unless I was suspended. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And, you know, Mo, when you talk about the injury and being ready when you came back, you were the black aces, um... And, and I think about my – imagine if you were a righty instead of a lefty. Now, I don't know why they didn't do it, but they ended up putting Steve Rooney in, right, the the game I got hurt in, in Calgary. So there was an open there. It's kind of a bummer because Serge was awesome. He got gave you a Stanley Cup ring and, and made you part of that whole thing. But because of league rules, you couldn't get your name on the cup. And that, that's a bummer. But, you know, you were yeah. still part of that season and you know it's just a bummer that way you know that yeah you had so to play unfortunate.
1: 40 you had to play 40 games or at least one game in the uh in the finals or right. something like that um, yeah but then the, again watching is one thing and you know you have to being part of it is is what you really want to I mean on the ice you know
0: yeah that's what you well, that's
1: what you really it, want
0: it was like my situation, right? I played the whole playoffs, and I got hurt the last game. I wasn't on the ice to, you know. Now they put their uniform on; they all go out yeah. like they played. You yeah. know, it's kind of. A, yeah. It, it was a drag. I had a I had my suit jacket on, taking a picture with the cop boy. everybody's sweating, and I kind of felt shitty. You know, I was so happy, but I felt shitty. You know, the poor me, piece of it.
1: But yeah. Anyway, yeah, th- so yeah.
0: Yeah, you start that off. You start off that way. You come back the next year. You still had good numbers the next year, um, 14 goals, 17 assists. And then um, you end up uh, the next two years, uh, you know, played 53 games in 87, 88, and um, you had 21 points. What happens there that you get traded to St. Louis? Well, did, did you ever? Did
1: you? Did you not want to?
0: Like me, I never wanted to leave Montreal. What was it like for you?
1: I would say I didn't want to leave. I didn't had no idea I was going to get traded. Um, I think, I mean, at the end, we found out that Serge Savard figured out. You know what? He's not the same after their injury, and maybe we can get something in return for him. And they got Jocelyn Amieux, which was from St. Louis. Um, nothing against Jocelyn Nemieux, but, but he's not, uh, at the end of the day, when I went back to, <laughs> yeah, well, I went to St. Louis, I got new life. I started, I, you know what I did? I had this brace. Okay. You remember that brace I had, and this was in yeah, the big... mid eighties, that, that brace yeah. I had went from my ankle all the way up to my, almost my hip. It was like another leg. I honestly hated it. And, and I felt so uncomfortable with it. And this one, the braces were starting to, you know, they were working on them. and But they're, they're not as, they weren't as good as they are today or even 10 years after that. So I basically, well, what I did is I grabbed it and I threw it in the garbage when I was in St. Louis. I threw the brace in the garbage and I said, you know what? If I'm going to get hurt again, so be it. I cannot play with this thing. I felt so uncomfortable with it on the ice and um, it, it just didn't feel right. And maybe it was something in the head where I just went, I'm just going to go and I'm still going to play my game. I'm going to go hit everything that, uh, that I can and, and play physical. And um, if it happens again, it happens again. I just, uh, and, and things went well. I ended up playing with Brad Hall and Adam Oates and had the best, you know, year uh, point-wise uh, with them. My second year I was there and, uh, you know, got to play on the, on the top line and played a lot of minutes and, uh, and, and it was actually good in St. Louis. Uh, but it wasn't just that. I just, I think uh, finally I started to feel like the way I should have been from the beginning, uh, before I got hurt, I started to feel like, yeah, I know I could do it. I mean, I did, I did everything I could in junior and got tons of points there. Um, I just, uh, had to get back into the, uh, the feel again and, and I think once I threw that brace in the garbage it was like okay I'm, I'm ready to play again and, and that's the way it was yeah
2: was it easy uh, playing with hollow notes like I mean what was that like was it just like get these guys to the puck and, and get open or well,
1: well it's how was that for... it's uh it's great offensively it's not so good in your own end but <laughs> in those days <laughs> Well, this is a true story, and so this is... So were you fun, the
0: designated back checker? Mo? <laughs>
1: Third guy high. Third I was guy a high. designated guy that got all the shit uh, when things went bad. Uh, that's what happens when you're a plumber on the line. Um, listen, I will never forget, Brian Sutter takes me in his office, so he's the coach, right? So you all know this, the, the Sutter brothers. Uh, They're very... Um, intense. Yeah, <laughs> intense. Um. And he comes in and he goes, Serge, you know, we're g- I'm going to make a move. I'm going to put you on left wing with Hully and Ozi I said, okay. He goes, but, uh, you know, I need you to play the same way. Don't change your game. Uh, you're on that line because you've got some size and some, you know, skill to help them. And you got to be in front of that and in the corners. And, you know, if anything happens, you're there to protect Hully. I said, yeah, I, I know. Rah, rah, rah. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. You got to be the first four checker. Okay. And thought, you know, Holly and um and OT not so good in their own end. So I, I need you to be the first guy back <laughs> in your own end. So he keeps talking and talking and talking, and I'm I'm just nodding, right? I'm just nodding. And finally I stop him. I go, I go, Sudzy. How the hell am I gonna be the first guy in and the first guy back? <laughs> I, I knew I was in trouble on this line because I'm gonna get all the heat, right? Because I gotta do all the dirty work for these guys and they get all the <laughs> All the uh, uh they can do what they want. Really? It doesn't really matter. Fuck,
0: no wonder why you threw the fucking brace out. God <laughs> Hard oh, enough going but,
1: one way with the brace on. Imagine <laughs> and back then it was there was still the red line. If there was no red line, I wouldn't have saw Hully in the in our own in like not even in the first half of the rink. Like we used to be four <laughs> yeah. we used to be four against five in our own end and i i get to the box, I go, Hully, every once in a while, would you like to come back and say hi? You know? But mm-hmm. Hully was funny. I mean <laughs> If if I get him a breakaway, I knew right away I came along the boards. He was taken off up the middle, and I would just either chip it off the boards, just throw it right up the middle at center ice because that's where he was going to be. Breakaway, boom, and he and he scored, or in the corner, one timer slot, and he would score. So yeah, I got a lot of points with those guys, but uh, it, it was you know it was a little tough in our own end at times, but um, it, it was fun. It was fun because we were. Uh, we Became good friends and I'm still friends with Holly today. And uh, Holly just himself, if you know Holly, uh, obviously you do. Knuckles, uh, was uh, Twister he, there? A, at lot, the time? a lot of stories on him, yeah. Twister was there, yeah. Todd Ewan was were, there, were, Twister. Were, yeah. Were you there when when Kelly Twister
0: Chase? dumped that puck in, huh?
2: He, yeah, he, he dumped himself off sides. That puck
1: <laughs> were you, I, think, I don't know if I remember that. I think Holly asked him once, Why do you have a stick? Uh, yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> Twister with Twister with, uh, you know, he we knew why he was there, but he was pretty good. He took the he took the heat a little bit, but uh, oh boy, um, yeah, we were pretty tough. Yeah, I that mean, was... uh, Ke- Kelly Chase, Twister, and Todd Ewan was there, and uh, I mean, we used to call it the Chuck yeah. Norris division. <laughs> yeah, in our day, you had, had a tough
0: all... you had a tough team, and you needed it, right? There, I mean, Detroit, right? Had Kocha, Proby, Robert, like. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that and, was and a Minnesota, ton. Minnesota had uh, Shane Cherla and um, Tenority and uh, uh, who was it? Basil McRae. Uh, they had Willie Plett, I think, at one, at one point. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. I mean, that was – you probably fought him, I guess. Yeah, I fought um, Willie. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, – well, I remember John Cordick was in Toronto and uh, yeah. at that time. And uh, what's uh, – Wendell Clark, obviously, for was was uh, uh, was a tough was pretty tough dude. So that time, you know, for the time in St. Louis,
0: though, so like, listen, they got a great alumni. I get it, and yeah. you're going from Montreal to St. Louis, and you spend your three years there, and um, you end up moving on to Vancouver. But before you 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 went to St. Louis, um, leaving home. You know, growing up in NDG, right here. I, I remember, you know. Your father uh, certainly was a really good soccer player, right? Growing up in Montreal, you know, hockey's the big thing. Did you ever play soccer when you were a kid? And did you ever, like,
1: chase that at all or just hockey, hockey, hockey? Uh, well, I tried to play soccer, but I was just too big. I mean, those yeah. guys are too small and too fast. I couldn't play soccer. My dad wanted to play soccer. I was, <laughs> I was a baseball guy, and I used to pitch. Yeah. I was actually yeah. pretty good. I played, okay, whatever. Double letter hockey, double letter baseball. So hockey in the winter, baseball in the summer. And my dad would come to every hockey game, but he would never come to baseball. Uh, he didn't understand the sport, obviously. Yeah. And finally, I got him to come to a baseball game because we were playing in the finals, whatever, and I was pitching. It was a tournament. It was a kind of a big deal. And I'll never forget, My God love my mom. Um, they're so innocent. Mm-hmm. So they come to a baseball game because they come to all the hockey games, they loved it. They kind of understood the games and stuff. Plus my dad was the most popular guy at the bar um, in uh, in junior and stuff. Everybody uh, liked to be around them in that sense. But after the game, I, I saw my parents, they left after the second or third inning and they, they don't know what's going on. And then I saw them later at the house and I go, so what do you think of baseball? She goes, I, I'm i not sure. Um, my mom goes, does your coach have a problem? And I go, what do you mean? Because I was watching your coach, and he was going like this, and like this, and like that, and like that, and like this. You see, did he have a nervous problem or something? And my poor mom. I had to tell her that was the signals for baseball, and she had no idea what it was. But just the fact that they came was uh, was nice. And my parents did support me uh, all the way as a kid, all the way to obviously the NHL, but junior. Uh, which was I played in Chewinigan, which was about a two-hour drive from Montreal towards Quebec City. Um, and in the winter, it's not an easy drive. I mean, uh, they did it every weekend. My dad used to come, and I, we, we made nothing in junior, like I think 20 bucks a week. And my dad used to slip me a little bit of extra money uh once in a while and my mom would make me a sandwich (laughs) you know like (laughs) typical italians here take care of my son (laughs) and this and that but they were great they were good for that but they uh she did she did one thing that i loved she came to watch me play baseball for three innings (laughs) that's cool (laughs) yeah
0: so yeah again growing up here in montreal and that hockey and the things and you play junior and all your dad had the 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 restaurant momesso's um and I'll never forget when you know you Your came in. Still and... there? What's that? I know <laughs> that photo's, photo's still there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Price, I, what
1: was that? 80,
0: 80 that four, was the 80s, uh, 85? That was mid
1: eighties. Eighty five. That place used to be a poker uh, poker uh, pool hall, so okay. everyone smoked in the seventies and eighties, and and um, the walls after every every couple of years we had to repaint in there because the walls turned yellow because of all the smoke. <laughs> those <laughs> photos are still there, but they have faded over the years, yes. but oh, they're yeah. still in there. There's yourself. There's uh, obviously there's, uh, there's Chelly and um, Rick green and uh, Steve Rooney and all that Rooney clan came down one day from yeah. Boston. Uh, so all the photos are, uh, we had some great times in there and uh, I'll never forget. There was a story. I think even Gord Donnelly who played for the Nordiques, them. he's from the same neighborhood. Knuckles NDG. was there, and all the boys were there, and they're having a few beers, having a good time. And somebody made a hole in the bathroom, uh, kicked the wall or something. <laughs> no, so my father, no. who's like five foot five, going around to all these big tough guys, <laughs> giving them shit. Going, uh-huh. did you did you make a hole in my uh, <laughs> who in my kick my wall? Did you, who uh, a wall? <laughs> Nyla? Did you do that? And then he'd go to he'd go to Gore Donnelly. <laughs> He's going to the tough guys. I go, Dad, they, they, they didn't. Then Gord goes, I, I did it, Mr. Momesso. I had too much to drink. I saw, I'm sorry. And it was kind of funny watching my dad giving it to all the tough guys. Yeah,
0: I'll never forget that. Your dad was so happy. Like Sergio kept saying, You guys got to come to my father's place. You got to come. And we finally get together and we go there. And we had a, just an awesome afternoon. I remember I ended up playing Briscola, right? And Scopa. <laughs> I, I never knew the games, right? The Italian sure. games and Italian all of that. Come card yeah. on and play. That, I mean, it was awesome. And today, that restaurant's still there, right? Your brother runs the, the yeah. show there.
1: I That's remember exciting. when we went we went back to the house as well Yeah, uh, because we, my dad, you had to try the homemade wine. So yeah. I was upstairs, <laughs> and Tim, these guys all go downstairs. There's about five of them. And they walk down to the basement, to the cantina, where all the homemade wine is. And I'm up oh. with my mom, so she's cooking. She's cooking some pasta and stuff. And I, and it's about 15, 20 minutes, and I go to my mom. I said, I think I better check on those guys because that stuff, that can hit you hard. It's like rocket fuel. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I, I go downstairs, and you guys are all uh, starting to get wasted down there. With, my dad's laughing. Up. I go, Dad, they're not used to this stuff. And he was so happy. You were down in the basement drinking wine with him. Uh, that made his night. <laughs> if someone
2: goes to your restaurant what's the what do you what's the go-to i said like here in chicago there's always the italian places always have like the good fella, the is there like a signature sandwich yeah. or something you recommend yeah.
1: it, usually it's the sausage sausage sandwich said, or, yeah. or the uh or the, the, uh, the supreme yeah yeah the sausage or the supreme yeah knuckle. The dough.
0: supreme is this what, what's the supreme steak oh
1: yeah, there's right. the steak, sausage, Cota onions, uh, fried everything. onions, and uh, cheese. I and, love the sausage. It's all, everything I, I, you can put in there. It's the, the best. It. It's, yeah, so it's good. a monster sandwich.
0: <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that day. And I've been in recently. I saw the faded pictures, and it just brought back <laughs> yeah, yeah, great memories. Yeah, yeah, Just so cool. If you love your pet like I love my St. Bernard Adele, you'll want to feed them a balanced, biologically appropriate raw diet. The reason I've chosen Formula Raw is, is because all blends of their food are locally sourced and they consist of exclusively human-grade meat and organs, as well as fruits and vegetables. And all products used are hormone and antibiotic-free. So like I said, if you love your pet like I love Adele, you choose Formula Raw. Make sure you go to FormulaRaw.com and use the promo code RAWNUX at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's Raw Knux, R-A-W-K-N-U-X. So, Sergio, your longest stint with a team in the NHL was Vancouver. You go from St. Louis to Van, and um, how was that? I know you like Vancouver. You guys went to Stanley Cup Final, had a great group. You still have great friendships from them guys today. I know that, um, but what was it like? playing on the west coast now you're out west you know the travel's different everything you're in a whole different environment uh, and how was your time in van
1: yeah it did it started off uh, i guess a little tough because i got traded the different when i got traded from montreal to st louis i got traded in the summer uh, so i had time to you know find a place and kind of get used to the fact that i got traded um when i got traded to vancouver i got traded on march 5th i think it was 91, it was on the deadline, and it was four of us that got traded there. It was myself, Jeff Courtnell Cliff Ronning, and um, another uh, defenseman called Robert Dirk. Yeah. Um, so those guys were all from B.C., and uh, I, I wasn't from B.C., and th- what kind of t- ticked me off to today uh, at the time when we got traded, our team was in uh, second place. Uh, the Blackhawks were ahead of us. And we had a pretty good team, and I didn't. think I don't know why we traded, made such a big trade on the last day, on trading deadline. And I'll never forget. We were in Hartford, and they called us in and said we were, we got traded. They called us all in, and then all who of a was sudden, who was the GM hopped. then? It was, who was uh, that? Ron Ron Caron, Prof. Prof. Okay, and so we got traded, and uh, the Canucks they they were just trying to they were at the bottom, while just trying to make the playoffs. So I went from a team that was in second place in our division to a team that was struggling to make the playoffs. Uh, I could see why Vancouver made that move, but uh, I don't see why St. Louis made that move. Anyway, we, we went to Pittsburgh that night. They actually played Cliff, myself, and, um, and Jeff Cornell together since we have played together before. So that was an easy – at least we were played as a line – uh, just had to wear a different uniform and stuff anyway we were on a one- game road trip with the, with um, with the blues and I, I kind of just had my suit and we were going in and out and then it got to van, we got traded to Vancouver and then we were on a 10-day road trip so we had to buy clothes as yeah. we went along on that trip yeah. flew all the way back to van and then lived in a hotel for the rest of the year and then at the end of the year I had to go back to St. Louis. You know, put the house up for sale and do all that. So there was a lot of stuff going on uh, on that trade. We, so um, you had a
0: tough start there?
1: Well, it was like it, it felt like I was on the road for two months, which I pretty yeah. much was. I was in a hotel at, in Van and I was a hotel on the road. So yeah. uh, by the time uh, the season was over, I kind of got settled, uh, looked for a place uh, for September for the next year. And then all of a sudden, we started to get better. Uh, Kurt McLean was a stellar goalie. And then we got this kid called Pavel Burry, who oh, was coming from gonna... Russia that kind of said, we didn't know who he was. Right. So we were a pretty good team out West Calgary was good. Edmonton was still good, but this guy came to practice one day. I think, I don't know when he came and during the mid season, he came to practice and we were looking at each other and we're like, wow, this guy's going to be good. And he, he definitely was. So we, we, <laughs> we ended up getting a star forward to add to our lineup and pat quinn was um who's a great man um uh, who i loved uh, uh, to me was my the best coach i ever had um he was a guy that played but he had Over respect Jean for Perron? the players <laughs> Over no pudding that's head? your favorite head? guy that was, head? that was your favorite oh, guy I was
0: say. <laughs> better than pudding head he was I <laughs> just a bit
1: <laughs> okay <Just> a bit. <laughs> all right Anyway, Pat was a he was a tough player in his own day, and he loved the he loved that that style of game, and um, so he respected the guys that played that way, and uh, that um, kind of played for the team. And we all wanted to play for Pat, and we sure did. Um, so uh, yeah, Vancouver was great. He what I think the biggest thing that uh, he gave me was the assistant captaincy. Um, so oh. you know, I went from being hurt that first year, and then. Kind of when I went to St. Louis, found my game again, and that, it was that was a surprise trade to Vancouver, to be honest. Um, but looking back, you know, some things uh, happen that uh, you have no control over, and um, you know, he gave me a, you know, the captain, the assistant captain, Trevor Linden was the captain there, and we had Greg Adams and Dave Babich. and we had, uh, you know good leaders and um we just got better as uh, as the seasons went on and so uh with pat quinn there in, in vancouver we kind of grew and the team started to get better and the fans really got into it the hardest part about being on the west coast is the travel there's no question about it that travel is is tough um time time zones all the time and we're in the east a, a lot and uh there wasn't as many teams as they are now but there was san jose there was la but uh other than that, uh, I mean, we were always uh, flying at least three hours every time we were going somewhere. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Playing all uh, the It was long, yeah. Big but, difference. Uh, yeah, big difference. You're always trying to catch up on the time change there. But, um, yeah, so no, no, that, so was, that, that was good. Well,
0: that first year, there, like you said, you, you played six games in the playoffs. So, like, you never missed the playoffs in your career uh, with the teams you were with. But each year, like you had great playoff seasons in Vancouver. Ninety, ninety-one, they had the six games. Okay, you get bounced in the first round. And then 91 92, 13 games you play in the playoffs. 92 93, 12 games. And then obviously uh, 93 94, you go to the Stanley Cup final. How cool was that, like, with that team? Like, how close were you guys? And, and, how difficult was it to get to the very end? Yeah. You're in the Stanley Cup final, and it gets snatched away from you.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, we uh, we <laughs> that we call it the run. They made a tape of that, um, and they call it the run. And we uh, the two years prior, we finished top in our division. Like we had good teams, and uh, we didn't quite learn how to win in the playoffs. Uh, we lost to the Oilers in the second round we lost, you know, we lost one year to the Kings. That's in 93 that the Canadians won against the Kings. And we're like, how did we beat the LA Kings seven out of nine times? We played them nine times. I'll never forget. Seven out of nine times during the season. And then in the playoffs, we knew that the Kings were going to play, you know, free will and try to win game six, five and stuff like that. And if we just, we started to try to play their game and they, uh, they did that to a lot of teams, I guess. And they went all the way to the final, but um, we didn't learn how to win those those tight games uh, when, when we had to. And the next year, we played the Flames. That's in 94, and they finished ahead of us. And we were down three games to one. We came back and won game five over there in overtime. We won game six at home in overtime. And then we won game seven in double overtime. We that's won three games in a row. Crazy. Came back, and once we won that series... I'll never forget. My daughter was born August 30th, 1994, and game seven was in Calgary. And she, my wife was pregnant, so we, we were in Calgary, and then she called me, she said, good night, the night before the game. So I hang up, call me back in the morning. She goes, well, we just had the girl. I go, what are you talking about? I just talked to you. And so she, she after she hung up, she ended up going to the hospital that night, her parents were there, and so they went to the hospital. She gave birth, and in the morning, um, she gives me a call to say we had the girl. And um, and I said, well, I can't come home now. <laughs> I mean, it's game seven tonight. So I go, if we lose, I'll see you. I'll see you after the game because we'll fly right back to Vancouver. But if we win, we were going to Dallas, and we we, uh, we didn't we didn't have home ice, so we were going on the road right away. We end up winning that game. And we end up flying to Dallas, and this is the cool thing about Pat Quinn. This is what I'll tell you: we go to Dallas, we win the first game, so we're up one nothing in Dallas. Pat Quinn takes me after practice. Says, "We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go somewhere." I said, "Okay." So we start going, and Pat used to love to smoke the cigars. So he took me to this place in Dallas where he buys cigars, because I had to buy cigars for the boys, because I just had a girl. So well, that's got the kind it. of coach he was. So we went there. Yeah. We, we got the cigars. And then we practiced the next day before the next game. And after the practice, all the media comes in to ask questions, right? And then Pat goes, give us another 10 minutes. So the media is waiting for us. And he goes, we want to, you know, congrats, congrats, Mo, for having the girl. And so I'm going around passing around the cigars. And he goes, listen, I know everybody doesn't smoke cigars, but – out of respect, you gotta light it and have a puff. And if you don't want the cigar, just leave it out there. So everyone starts lighting, and we're smoking all these cigars in Dallas in the room after <laughs> the practice. And then all the media come in. They're like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> it's like we won uh, the cup or something. But that was the thing that Pat did that I'll never forget. That uh, the family. What was, point, when
2: did you get to see your daughter first. for the first time? Yeah, when when was the first time you got
1: to see after her? After we we ended up winning game two. And then we flew home. So five days later, uh, I got home to see her. And my wife says she'll never forget because the whole hospital, the nurses, everybody was watching game seven at the hospital because <laughs> it was a big thing in Vancouver, right? Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of cool. And then uh, they – they uh, so everyone was kind of happy. We got to the next round. Nobody knew how far we would go. But once, once we won that first round, I mean – Dallas was a very good team as well. They had Mike Madano, and they, they they were good, and, and and we beat them in five. And and so, Mo, just, which game did you score roll.
0: overtime? Which you got an overtime winner in that series, right?
1: I what? did in game four at home because uh, they came and they won the first game back in, in uh, that at the time they had uh, 2 they, they went two three two, so yeah. two on the road, oh, three okay. at home, and then two if we went back to Dallas because of the travel so um we um we lost the first game coming back so then we're up two games to one um and then uh, that game is when I scored to make it three games to one game game four but game four yeah uh overtime against Andy Moogat yeah, went uh, how cool is
0: that like come on we see it now. all the time right? Yeah. We see guys score like Kachuk this year scoring overtime winners yeah. like big games or seven games, but just to score an OT winner in the playoffs is huge. That must have been awesome for you. Yeah, it right? was
1: fun. I mean, um, it, it was a play that was thrown to the front of the net. I turned around, it was there, and I spun, and I and I picked the corner, and and it, when it went in, like I was falling at the same time, and then all the guys just jumped on me, and it was at home, so it was great. The crowd was going mental. It was going nuts, and and it was kind of cool. They were, they were kind of having my daughter, Natanya, as a good luck charm because she she was born on Game Seven against Calgary, and it kind of yeah. became a you know they like to make these stories. It kind of became a little bit of a storyline, and then we won the next game, and um you know then we moved on to to the next round against the Leafs, which uh, you know we definitely uh, were we were pumped. It was kind of like the West against the so East. So you
0: get of, through them, yeah. and then you go to the final, and you end up with the Rangers, and that's. Yeah. Uh, Mark Messier's uh, team that year, and um, uh, how difficult was that series? Going seven games, you go into into New York, play Game <laughs> Seven, and and it was a close game, right? Overtime.
2: Was that the series what? too, where Messier guaranteed Game Six? No, he guaranteed no, that was game
1: Devils. Oh, that was, that was the Devils. Devils. Okay. Uh, okay, The one before. Yeah. Um, the one before. Yeah, and 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 we beat Toronto in five as well, which was good because we needed the rest. Um, you know, and they went seven against the Devils, but they they kind of swept the series before, and and they had a chart actually. I remember they were showing it on TV. The distance traveled between the two teams. Yeah, I mean they played the Islanders, I think, and I don't yeah. know who they played in the second round. It might have been Pittsburgh, yeah. and then they played the Devils. So we played Calgary. Okay, so that was the closest one, an hour flight, whatever. And then we played Dallas, and then we played Toronto. So they they added up the distances, and uh, we were like, you know, so many miles ahead of travel-wise. But we were we were there, Ducks. And uh, at that point, you're running on adrenaline. We uh, we ended up. They they were the best team in the league that year. I think they had 114 points. They had all the players. Uh, Brian Leach what, to me was the best player in that series, and, and coach. so, they had so was cold. the best Kobe coach
2: left. ever. So it's right, so COVID. yeah.
1: <laughs> I
2: played for yeah. Keaton. I'm just kidding. I'm pizza.
1: <laughs> no, I hear you, man. So did I for a couple months, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we'll get to those stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we won game one in, in New York and we had no business winning. I think Kurt McLean made like 50 saves. Then they hit the post in overtime. We scored on a two-on-one in overtime. And then we got the first game out of the way. And then we started to, we didn't play very good the first game. Uh, we played better the second game, which we could have won but we, we came out with a split and that that was that was good in New York but we ended up going back to van and losing to both games in van. One game Pablo Burry got kicked out um, and uh, but we never gave up. I mean game five they were they were already planning the Stanley Cup parade in New York and um, you see teams that are down. Uh, you just – that they're going to get eliminated and then you just – you don't get – you don't play for two months. Like I have friends tell me, Nux, you know, oh, this game's – this series is over. And I go, it's not over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't play for a month and a half or, and, 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 or almost two months to say I'm going to give up now. Uh, yeah. There's no way. And we already won three games to one series. We've come back. We ended up winning that game six to three, game five. We ended up winning game six back and I knew – Like we had our mentality was if we win game five, we're coming back for game seven. There's no way they're winning game six. And that's just the mentality that you got to have. And, and we went, we lost three, two in game seven, and we hit the post in the third. I mean, it was as close as you can Uh, get. But um, I mean, in Madison Square Garden, um, it was, uh, it was, it was fun. I just wish the result was different, but it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, then you're like, this is the best. You know, you're playing at the best, the top level, and uh, you're you're in the big stage, and it was kind of, it was kind of great, yeah. Yeah, it's a you great thing. Did you ever
2: think like you were like when you lost that game, where you like that's my last chance to ever do this, like win a cup, or did you think you would actually be back there?
1: Yeah, it's so hard to get back. I mean, it's it it, it really is true that I mean, except when they had the dynasties before, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, Canadians and the Islanders and that. I mean even the Penguins won twice in a row after that. It, it was tough. I mean, it was getting harder and harder. Uh, there was a lot of good teams and, uh, yeah, you don't know when you're going to get back. So that's why you're thinking when you're in that series, mm-hmm. you know, like you want to win because you're not sure if you're going to get another chance. I, I never went back. Listen, I was 85, 86 with the Habs, but I was hurt, but I wasn't in another final until 94. So that's, that just goes uh, to show. You know, that's nine years later, and then I never was again. So, uh, yeah. It is so
0: difficult to get there. I don't care what anybody says, hottest trophy to win in sports. And, yeah. Sergio, I remember we won in 86. And I, okay, we'll be back next year. I don't think so. No. <laughs> and, and you go back to that um, Rangers series. The Rangers played the Islanders that year in the playoffs. They played Washington, and they played New Jersey. So talk about no travel. That's nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's crazy. So to take him to seven games, all that travel, everything. Um, how was Bore as a teammate? Man, he's a great player, obviously. How was he as a teammate? Did he Good. He fit in with the
1: boys. Good guy. He did. He didn't speak a lot of English at the beginning, but um, um, you know, it was funny that Pavel and Gino Ojic were best buddies. So you had Gino, who was the tough guy, and and Pavel was um, the star guy. Let's say it was like the odd couple. And they used to yeah. be roommates together and stuff like that, but they were great friends. And um, it, it's funny, Gino would come in with a, like a, a, a jeans and a t shirt or whatever, and Pavel, would be dressed with uh, Versace for, and you know for like, practice. When we, well, not for practice, but let's just. No, say- could
0: you go on the road? Like, could you could wear jeans on the road and stuff? Would.
1: With- uh, not when we traveled, but, uh, the yeah. days off. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm just saying Pavel used to, used to wear Versace. Pavel was a designer <laughs> guy, right? Okay. So this was yeah, kind of yeah. funny, but he, he was pretty good because you could joke with him. And one guy, I remember he had a shirt and it was like a bunch of flowers on and stuff. And, um, one of the guys went, started going bah, 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 like a a Y5O <laughs> and everyone started laughing with the shirt. And he didn't understand because he never he didn't grow up with that. Yeah. And then someone said, he goes, "Why, why are you laughing?" And uh, we said, "Well, <laughs> that shirt looks like, you know, you look like McGarrett from Hawaii Five mm-hmm. And he goes, "What's Hawaii Five O?" He goes, "Well, it's like a Hawaiian shirt, you know." He goes, "He goes, what you mean, Hawaiian shirt?" He goes, "This shirt is five hundred dollars, Versace." <laughs> he goes. Yeah, but it still looks like – one guy says, yeah, but it still looks like shit. He, he was pissed off, but he was good about it. You know what I mean? Uh, like, uh, that's the Russians,
2: though. We they yeah. they When I played there, they used to come on seven-day road trips and just, like, they would wear, like, a, you know, a, a hooded sweatshirt with sweatpants, but it would be, like, all Gucci, and that was it. They would wear it for seven days straight. we call them fart suits, and they would just <laughs> – Oh, it was amazing. Fart suits. Fart oh, suits, yeah. yeah. Oh, they had so, the
1: designer stuff. There's no question, uh, you know. And then we had other guys like uh, at that time. We used to get these free stuff from NHLPA stuff. And there was one guy in on our team. He uh, used to wear it all the time. Gerald Diddick. Um yeah. And he he came in. I don't know where he was from, but and I go, you, you I've I've seen you all year. Have you ever worn anything? <laughs> Yeah, that you bought you cheap. I mean, fuck you, yeah, like, if, if you bought, bu- <laughs> did you buy anything this year? And he goes, No, he goes, He goes, uh, he goes, If it's free, it's on me. <laughs> so he used to wear everything we get for free. Remember, Knox, we used to get stuff all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah guys me? would wear that all the time. So, so funny. So
0: that year after the um, Stanley Cup final, there's a lockout Yeah, right? And, um, you go over to Italy, played a few games over there. Then you come back with Van, end up in Toronto, end up with the Rangers, and then back in St. Louis. And your NHL career, uh, you retire in 96, 97. Then you head over to Germany. Um, how was that, your time in Germany? Because I, I always say it like I had a chance to go to Bolzano when I retired, and I passed up on that chance. Mm. I didn't want to move my family and everything. Yeah. And when I think back now, I go, "What? Ugh, God, I wish I did it, but I didn't." So that's one regret I do have in my life. But how was your time
1: in Germany? How cool was that? And how different was it? Well, it's definitely different. Um, I mean, you you come from the uh, the NHL, you go over there, and it's um, it, it's like playing in the minors. Germany is a good mm-hmm. league. There was a lot of uh, North Americans over there. It was kind of like half half. You were allowed to have. Um, 10 imports and 10 Germans had to be, uh, in the lineup. And uh, at the time it depended if you had a Canadian coach or an American coach, you'd have, a, you'd have more North American guys over there. If you had, if you went to a team with a Swedish coach, you'd have more Swedes or Russians or depending. And and you saw that I changed teams one year. I started off in yeah. Cologne and then I went to Nuremberg and it was Peter Inacek the coach. You remember him? Yeah, he he was a Czech uh, player to play in Toronto. The Leafs. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I remember the first year there was Cologne was like a high budget team, and Nuremberg was not, and they paid a couple of guys some money, but then the rest were you could see the gap and the difference of where they were getting the players. They were getting them from second leagues and in Russia or in Czech, and 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 you just saw the difference on on the budget. But um, uh, Peter was good. No, and the experience was good. Nox, it was tough. My kids were all young at the time five, three, and two. And um, it's not like, um, you know, you're in a house uh, pretty much. They put you in an apartment. Uh, and that's tough when you got three kids that are running around I in guess. an apartment. Um, Couldn't wait it, to get on the road. It's tough for the white, but we <laughs> didn't even go on the road because you would you'd go and come. Bust, back. You bus
2: the same day, yeah. Oh, I played yeah. in Ingl- right. I, I retired That's in right. Ingolstadt, yeah. uh everything. There was no road trips. It was just like the same yeah. day, yeah.
1: Yeah, we so had one, like... we had two trips uh, was Munich and Berlin, uh, where we would fly because Cologne had some money, so we would actually hmm. we were one of the rare teams that would fly in that league. Most of them had the buses. When I went to Nuremberg. We used to bus to Berlin seven hours and play. It was like junior all over again. And I was in my 30s, and I'm going, we're not staying in a hotel? Like, no. (laughs) They didn't have the budget, right? I go, no wonder you guys are terrible on the road. I mean, you know, we're not teenagers anymore. But that's just the way it was. They had those double-decker buses. You remember that? Uh, Those were kind of cool. Yeah, and did you go their, to
2: Oktoberfest at all?
1: We did. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's
2: like Puke Fest, it's just everyone just puking.
1: <laughs> that was uh, that was great actually. Uh, the um, the owner of Nuremberg, which was he was pretty cool. He he took us there, and from Nuremberg, Munich was about an hour and a half by bus. And uh, we went uh, we went there and we took the bus, so we didn't have to worry about you know driving. So we just spend the whole day there, and then it bust us back. It was kind of a team bonding thing. It was it was good. It was good. So, so Mo, we had you both played for Keenan. We had Keenan
0: on, and I said, "Listen, hmm. Mike, you know I, everybody I talked to. Mike Keenan is the biggest prick as a coach." And he said, "Yeah, well," he said that the only thing with that he says I'm a nice prick, but <laughs> you and Tim both haven't played for him. Like, what do you got for Keenan's story? How was he with you? I mean, you had Pat Quinn. As a coach, a guy that certainly respected the guys. He he got close with the guy. He was a player's coach. But Keenan, the polar opposite of a guy like Pat Quinn, how was he with you? I know well, you had him in New York, right?
1: No, that I had him. Bit. I no. actually had him at the end when I got traded oh, back to St. Louis. In, okay. All okay. Right. Um, oh, yeah, he was in St. Louis that year. I, I mean, he was in the Rangers. I, I, um... I heard a lot of stuff about him anyway. Listen, I played for <laughs> Sutter for, for three years, so I, I, I know where we're going here. So, so Keenan
0: so... couldn't be that much worse? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it was more with Mike, as you know, Tim, it's it's uh, it's mind games, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's like all of a sudden you just throw a curveball at you to see how you react, you know? And the thing was when I was there at the end of my career, I was that was my last year, and then they bought me out, and then I went to Europe the year after. I... I was at the point where I didn't care what he said; mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have bothered me. I just would have told him off because I was at that point in my career. I think if I had him more in the mid part of my career, where uh, you know you kind of needed to be uh, cool with a coach, even you couldn't he tell you, him to fuck off.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, no,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which, which, which happened. <laughs> which, which happened. I had a few fu fights with uh, with Sutter for sure because we butted heads because you know, he, he would always, uh, get on you for stuff, stuff and then wouldn't get on the star players at other times. And I'm like, Hey, you gotta get on the other guys as well. Not just me. So, you know, we had, we had our differences because we were both strong willed. So, uh, yeah, with me, Mike, I I just, what I loved about it is that Holly and, and, um, and, and Mike went at it, um, (sighs) Because Holly oh, was, was dogging ones, it uh, a little bit on the ice, and and Mike was losing his mind, and I loved it because just the fact that someone can make Mike go crazy, yeah. I, I just love that. So that that was that was the best. So watch those two guys go at it, and then Holly would go. Who do you think is going to win, me or Mike? You know. So, uh, uh, so, so Tim, him. Mike had, Mike him <laughs> yeah, Tim had him in Russia. Yeah,
0: Tim had him over in Russia, right? Tim. Yeah, and he uh, was
2: like he was like Iron Mike, you know. Like no one understood him, like but me. <laughs> so it was like
1: you he wasn't know, the mind softer games. over there. He was still <laughs> no, still no, the he same like,
2: way. He was like Mike. I, he was like Iron Mike on steroids. He was like just thriving off of it. But yeah, the mind games. Like he, yeah. I, I just it affected me. I thought you know I played hard for him, but I just was always what like why? Like I was like man, we're like the only two North Americans. <laughs> like I was trying to. I thought we would just kind of you know have a little bond of like hey we're. But he didn't care. He was yeah, he like you said, it's you never knew what he was gonna say. You're always just kinda on
1: edge. Yeah, I that's think it's crazy. I, I think that's right, part don't of you the, think? No, don't it's, you it think it is crazy. Mom? It is crazy that fear tactic. Uh, I, I remember Dave Poulin, uh, you know, who who I met for T S with T S N he does the broadcast and he would tell us stories when he was in Philly. And uh, he'd always have the guys uh, like you said always on edge and I think they were they had a thing where just before Christmas or whatever you, everyone goes and sees their family and stuff like that and normally you know you got to book your flights and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, it's not like today uh, I know my nephew plays they get a couple guys together and they charter a jet you got you know these guys in our days we had to book a regular flight to go go back home if you did so you had to make sure that on you know, if you're playing Monday, then you leave Tuesday, and you're back on Friday. And I know he did something to the guys on the Flyers because they played bad the, the, the last game before Christmas. And then he 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 got them to go back on the ice, and he got, and he you know he skated them for I don't know how long, and half of the guys missed their flights. I mean, it's so stupid. And so everyone goes back home at Christmas when you should yeah. be happy, and then and you're he everybody <laughs> off. So I mean, he just like loves to see guys being miserable. <laughs> I don't know how that makes you want to play more for the guy. I, I have no idea.
0: Uh, imagine today if they, you have a coach in the NHL today. God, oh, he'd be like, in jail. Oh God, <laughs> Christ! They wouldn't show up for Christ's sake. No. I don't think. But um, no. Yeah, you know, today, Mo, well, uh, it, it's certainly doing the, the radio with the Habs, getting in and doing the color man stuff. You worked alongside one of the best in the business, and Dan for. so many years and then he moves on how how's that transition been for you like you still enjoying it um and, and it's tough it's always easier when you're winning right and and you know you've been some through some pretty tough years here watching this hockey team and commentating on them um analyzing the games but um how's that been especially as of late you see some light at the end of the tunnel with this team
1: yeah, I do. It's just too bad that uh, they had so many injuries last year. I didn't you No, know, No one was expecting that they were going to make the playoffs, but, you know, Kaden Gooley, who got hurt, is a great young defenseman. Obviously, Caulfield, um, I, I forget how many goals he had, like maybe 26 already. Uh, yeah. You know, he was going to get 40 goals, you'd think, uh, if he stayed healthy. And there was so many good, there was a lot of good stories like Jack Eye, Arbor Jack Eye, on defense that makes the team. And then, uh, one of the toughest guys in the league and just a solid player. Um, it, it, the list goes on. I, I think uh, you saw a lot of good signs. Um, it's too bad that you saw Kirby Doc, who uh, if he again, he gets hurt later on, I think you know a good, a good second center to, uh, to Suzuki, uh, if he stayed healthy all year. And, and then Sean Monahan, who's a guy that everyone forgot about, who got because he got hurt so early in the season. Uh, I think it was around December and never really recovered. Um, you know, he was playing well and yeah. you know, that was another guy that they had at center. So I think, you know, whatever happens with their contracts and stuff, I know Sean Manahan, I think he has another year, but um, you know, I, I think the future's good, you know, I, 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 and a lot of people that I talk to in the city are happy that the way, uh, you know, things have gone with Kent Hughes and, and Jeff Gordon, I think uh, they really like the shift, and Marty St. Louis, that uh, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, in, if if in two years we're still talking about not yeah, making the, the playoffs, I, I think I think they have it's one train. more year. If there's a light year, at the year, end of the tunnel, it's a train. They got two <laughs> yeah. years. They got two years. Yeah, and 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 there was strangely a lot of injuries last year. They, I think they would have got another eight to ten points. They still wouldn't make yeah. the playoffs, but. Um, I, I think uh, if they stay healthy, um, I think they uh, I think it looks good. Yeah, Maybe. they get a
0: pass for next year. How yeah. about you like uh, how was that for you like working alongside Dan, getting in the radio um, you know not being formally trained in it and then making the transition you get going you felt so you and Dan together was so good and then Dan ends up leaving. How difficult adjustment was that for you? comment who's the new guy again what's his name
1: yeah peter rutgeiser yeah yeah uh, before that there was i started off with rick moffett yeah and then uh, uh he retired and then there was dan uh, yeah. no john bartlett john and bartlett dan, that's right and, and two and pros and then, him and, and dan and, yeah two two guys that are on tv and then peter rutgeiser i mean it's uh, everyone has their different style you just have to know when to come in and when to come out uh, yeah. i think i think with dan i could close my eyes and say something. And I, we wouldn't step over each other just because I knew when he would pause and I, he kind of knew when I would get out and then he would continue on the play. It's just, it's just something that, uh, over the years that, uh, you you get to know the guy. It's like playing with someone you knew where he's going to be and stuff like that. So, um, that's just the way the business goes. Everybody, uh, good for them. I mean, they move up, they're doing TV gigs. Um, you uh they gotta move up, and uh, so uh, that's the way it goes. I, I did some games last year. I think I did about fifteen as well. So uh, you know I like I, I enjoyed that. That was a challenge uh, doing it, uh, doing that as well. So um, I'm hopefully uh, get uh, the same amount or more this year as well. All right So yeah. you have a,
0: a little side business going on uh, now with the Momesos uh, spread. How's that going? And
1: Yeah, uh, what kind
2: of spread is this? just yeah, trying yeah, to explain. Is it. it like a jardinera Is it, spo- you know, what is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's hot peppers, but then it's all mixed with um, different types of vegetables. Secret,
0: in- secret ingredients. <laughs> I tried nose. to get it. I, yeah, I tried to get the ingredients from Mo, and he, he yeah. no way. He said, yeah, I'll get yeah, you some, No, I can't. Look
1: at the jars. It's written. <laughs>
0: I <I'm- laughs> <laughs> ah.
1: But, uh, but uh, okay, knuckles. It, I gotta get you some. I don't have like I should. I should. I should be. You gotta drop off. a case off here at the yeah, house. Come on. Hold on a second.
2: Yes. Put we'll it on
1: free. here.
0: Let's see it.
2: We eat that stuff in the U.S. too. You just saying? Yeah.
0: I know. I
1: know. People have been asking me. Hold on a second.
0: That'd be awesome if you get it down in the states, Mo. Yeah, you I'm gotta deal along. with the border yeah. and all that. Yeah, yes, we can paying, do that. I am paying we can that, that duty
2: fee or whatever you paid, knucks, for the boy. Case. I know. Remember that. But,
0: I, I got a, Like oh, here's honestly. some free stuff, you know it's cost you sixty bucks. I got a five dollar bag of Bilt-On. I paid fifty bucks in, in duty. It's a hunt. deal. That's a deal. <laughs> fifty five Yeah, that's our
2: monthly bag
1: deal.
0: Bag of Bilt-On,
2: baby.
1: <laughs> okay, it's our I'm biggest it was our biggest sale. it's good. I mean I'm walking in the garage here.
0: Okay. So we're following Mo through yeah. the house to the garage.
1: Find out how good it We're is. We're going to see
0: is. the product right here.
1: Uh, one second. I got I to go back because I couldn't hold the, the computer and because I got four. All
0: right. Anyway. So this hot sauce yeah. is the best. I'm telling you, the spread, you put it on sandwiches, and it it's unbelievable in the sausage sandwich. Okay, Tim, you give me your address, sandwich. Tim.
1: I'll send you some, Tim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be yeah. giving it.
0: Okay, Absolutely. I'm gonna, Tim, I'll send you Sergio's uh, info and you can um, send him your address, all right? Awesome. Okay. See you Thank you.
1: Jesus. Yeah. Okay, this is one. Here we oh, go.
2: Yeah. We'll it.
1: There it mm, is. Yeah. yeah, the spicy. Okay, this is artichoke and roasted red pepper. These are the new ones. Did you try these, Knuckles, yet? I haven't had the new ones. I've had the
0: mild and I've had the spicy hot.
1: Okay, so Knuckles had the originals, which was the green and then. There we go. The red. There we go. So, so when you see that. These were the first two.
0: Yeah, when you see that people on the shelves in the grocery store iga <laughs> metro everywhere make sure you pick it up no i'm
1: serious it's awesome it's they are awesome good. Uh, I'll, I'll uh i'll get you these ones knuckles yeah okay yeah the new you, ones you gotta put that, that on your table to. so when you're doing your yeah, show all right. nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah you send me your info tim yeah no you'll be yeah. getting it for sure and then we'll get it in chicago yeah you'll be my man That's in chicago it. Done, there you, go. you need. no problem need just a... just send it by truck a big pallet
2: i take uh i work on 75 percent. i take up sales. <laughs> <laughs> does that sound like a deal or what
1: <laughs> what are you sicilian <laughs> what are you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <just> mafioso
1: <laughs> oh. oh god awesome
0: so good well mo listen uh wish you all the best in the business there and um we gotta get out and play golf buddy come on
2: Hey, everyone, thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles Podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.